The reading this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 25 to 40, which is on page 1149 of the Blue Church Bibles. So that's page 1149. So 1 Corinthians 7, starting at verse 25. Now, about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry... You have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn, as if they did not. Those who are happy, as if they were not. Those who buy something, as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How, how can he please the Lord? But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How, he, how can he please his wife? And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably towards the version he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then, he who marries a virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And I think that I too have the Spirit of God. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, Thanks very much, Martin. Um, Shall we bow our heads and pray together? Uh, Lord, I thank you for your word. Um, through your Apostle Paul here, who met you, the risen Lord Jesus, who was commissioned by you, Lord, who has this special revelation by the Spirit of God uh, in order to help us to live uh, the right way. Lord, we pray that you would help us to see how brilliant it is to be devoted to you, that you would speak by your word and your spirit to help us see, Lord, how you are glorious and worth it and wonderful. Amen. Amen. Um, So for those of you that I have not met, my name is Edward Millet. I'm the team vicar here. 
Uh, I'm going to spend uh, the next 50 minutes or so helping us try and understand this uh, passage here. Um, our series is called to be holy. Uh, I think what we're going to see today is very simply that this world is passing away, so live in devotion to the Lord. Why would you want to listen? Uh, you want to listen because it's the word of God, but you also want to listen because actually what's offered here is freedom, winning at the game of life, to be happier, to be free of concern, even amidst crisis. That's what we have here. The, this world is passing away, so live in devotion to the Lord. Have you got an if only? If only. Have you got an if only? If only uh, you had that or this, or that person, then you would have freedom and life and happiness, peace, even amidst crisis. Maybe it's a relationship or a spouse. You long for that person, or for all that being married means and brings, from engagement parties through to home to kids, companionship, just a future, something to build. Maybe it's just the absence of grief is your if only, or the presence of happiness, or that home, or that car, or the job, or the schooling, whatever it is. Maybe your if only is something in this world that you actually fear losing. If only I don't lose that. If that goes, or that person goes, then life, happiness, peace amidst turbulent life will all be over. Maybe you don't even know what your if only is yet. You're still working that out. The key thing is we all want, don't we, that freedom... And the life, the happiness, and the peace, especially in a world that is so turbulent and difficult often. What's God got to say? Today, he says to us in verse 31, can you see it there? This world, in its present form, is passing away. And so we're being encouraged here, especially in the area of, of marriage. Verse 34, uh, to, do I mean verse 34? I don't think I do, do I? Yes, I do. At the end of verse 34, be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. And you see at the end of verse 35, live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. That's what we're going to see. That's the path here. We're being told not to restrict us, but to be freedom and to have life. We are in the book of Corinthians. The context that we've got that helps us shape and understand our meaning is that if you look back at verse 1, chapter 2, uh, Paul's writing to a church to a sanctified in Christ Jesus. That means they're made perfect in God's eyes by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and their trust in him, they're perfect in God's eyes. We have seen that they are an utter mess. There's cases of incest and sexual immorality going all over the shop, but in God's eyes, they're sanctified. How brilliant is that? We're a mess, but if you trust in Jesus today, in God's eyes, you are perfect. And that means the second half of verse 2 is actually we're called to be holy, like the Corinthians are. So Paul is writing to remind them, look, you are perfect in God, so now live like that. And obviously in this chapter, in the last chapter, we've had a lot to do with sexual immorality, which was going very badly wrong for the Corinthians. We had about uh, married life, where we saw some big principles rising up there. About how marriage is, sex in marriage is good, the gift of being self-controlled and celibate for God is good too. And we saw how actually our marital status, our religious and ethnic markers and our work situation does not determine our spiritual situation. You are sanctified in Christ. 
It doesn't matter whether you're married or single, whether you come from this country or that religion. If you trust in Jesus now, it doesn't matter what your job is, then you are, you are part of God's people forever and ever. And so now we come, he keeps talking about some more situations to do with marriage. It's probably been written to him. You can see in 7 verse 1, um, the Corinthians have written to Paul with a question about sexual relations in marriage. And it seems like he's working through that list. And we see some more uh, principles emerging here and some more background information. But the first thing that Paul wants to remind the Corinthians is that this world is passing away. And he's applying that to the specific situations of being engaged to be married or those who are, who are thinking about being uh, married, either you're single for the first time or as widows. And the principles uh, that we get out of that and the detail uh, come out of, that, out of this little passage here are about how we live. Okay, verse 29, did you see that? It says, live this way. So first of all, what's, the, what's going on in the background? Well, verse 26, because of the present crisis, I don't exactly know, but I assume that the Corinthians are being persecuted for being Christians. That is normal. Uh, the, I imagine, the danger of, imagine the danger of being a Christian in the Middle East, a place where if you turn to Christ, there are national enshrined laws that actually will apply the death penalty to you if you turn away from Islam. You can imagine how what a crisis that would be to be a Christian in. It's probably that sort of thing. And so life is pretty punchy, isn't it? Just doing ordinary life with that on the top. But what else is going on? Well, verse 29, what's he reminding them in verse 29? Brothers and sisters, what I mean is the time is short. What does that mean? Well, you go on to verse 31, and he, and he explains. Um, listen, for this world in its present form, is passing away. In other words, this world is being rolled up at any time and God's new creation in a different form is coming soon. This world will end. Either Jesus will come again soon or we will die and go and be with him. But time for the world is short. Time for the things of this world are short. God's new creation is forever, and it's coming soon. That is the backdrop that the Corinthians need to have in their mind. It's the backdrop that we need as we make decisions about how we live. It's crucial for us as we make decisions that we know this world is passing away in its current form, and God's eternal kingdom with Jesus at the centre is coming soon. What was, the, what was the question the Corinthians were trying to work out? Well, for the Corinthians, one question they were trying to decide was about whether or not to get married. What is the best thing to do for life and for freedom and, and for God? And so how does this passing away of this world affect their decision-making about marriage and singleness? And that's our second point, which is live in devotion to the Lord. Verse 35. It's wonderful when the author gives you the aim of what he's saying. Can you see that in verse 35? He just says, I am saying this for your own good. This is how you live your good life. Not to restrict you. This is for freedom. But that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. 
What is freedom? What is flourishing? What is the right way to live in the light of this world ending soon? It's to live in undivided devotion to the Lord. And we see that worked out with marriage. I think that's useful, isn't it? Because marriage feels like you should live in undivided devotion to your spouse, doesn't it? It's a heart thing as well. And so actually there is a bit of a conflict here. And so he's saying, look, actually, hang on a minute, let's think this through. Live in undivided devotion to the Lord. Let's see that worked out. So first of all, marriage is good. Do you see that in verse 28? If you do marry, you have not sinned. And that doesn't matter whether you're um, a, a woman or a man. It's a good thing, marriage. You've not sinned. But it can be distracting. Keep reading in verse 38. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. Marriage is good, but it can divide our concern. And he keeps, comes back to that in verse 32, doesn't he? Can you see what it says there? I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs and how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of the world, which is coming to an end, isn't it? And how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. So is, is being married bad? No. But it is hard, and it makes it hard to be devoted to the Lord. It's not all roses. Some of it is a great blessing. But actually, it's slightly tricky. And it's the same for a woman who's married in verse 34. He repeats the same thing, doesn't he? So hence, verse 25 to 27 is saying, don't assume that getting married is best. That that is what is life to the full. That that is freedom, that that is the good life. If you are single and thinking about marriage, think about the effect it will have on your devotion to the Lord in the short time that we have before this world is wound up. What does devotion to the Lord look like? Let's have a look. Well, verse 32, devotion to the Lord there is, at the end, how he can please the Lord. So to love him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength, that's what we've been asked to do in Deuteronomy 6, 5, isn't it? And, and <clears throat> verse 34, we see what devotion is again. His interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to, to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. So to use both body and spirit for what the Lord's agenda is, not what ours is. That's what devotion is to the Lord there. Devotion in verse 34 is living, um, living as if this world is passing away and that all that will be left is the Lord. So you use your whole body and spirit to be concerned for his affairs because he will, he's all that's going to be left. And so that's what that strange passage in verse 29 to 31 means. Can you read, read that? It's a bit weird, isn't it? What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that time is short. So from now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. I hope none of you are rubbing your hands. It does not mean get divorced, because we look back at the previous passage, don't we? At 7.24, it was remain as you are. And 7.10 and 11, a husband and wife must not divorce. And nor does it mean that you aren't allowed to mourn, in verse 30. Those who mourn as if they do not. Nor does it mean that you must not be happy, because he goes on, doesn't he? Those who are happy as if they were not. 
So what does this mean? It means live as if this world and your marriage and your grief and your worldly happiness now is passing away soon. And all that will be left is the Lord. That's why we just sung, Christ is mine forevermore. Nothing else is forevermore, it's just him and his new creation. So after all, in the new creation, we won't have spouses to be devoted to. That's the reminder in verse 39. Once a husband dies, a widow is free to marry anyone she wishes. Because marriage doesn't go into the new creation. Sex doesn't go into the new creation. But Jesus does. We'll have Jesus to be devoted to. In the new creation, we won't be able to take what we buy with us. Do you see it says um, uh, down in verse 30, uh, live as if um, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. When we go to the new creation, we won't be able to take what we buy with us. It won't be there. When we live in the new creation, we won't take our grief with us because it won't be there. It's just Jesus. Those who used, in verse 31, those who used the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. So whatever it is in the world that you, you just love, whether it's cars or cricket matches, or you know, use them and enjoy them, but don't be engrossed in them because they are not going to be. It's going to be Jesus that we have in the new creation. The things of this world will no longer interest us because he will be so glorious and his new creation so wonderful. So the elephant in the room is, is living like this in devotion to the Lord really good for me? Is it really good? Isn't this just a restriction? Think about fear. Your fear, any time you encounter fear, what is your fear driven by? My fear is driven by losing. It's driven by losing time, losing relationships, losing possessions, losing opportunity. You know when the love song says, she's my whole world? And so if you lose her, you lose everything. And so I'm afraid of losing. But the problem is, is this world is passing away. So if you live as, this, as if this world or anything in this world is all there is, you always end up a slave to the ticking down clock, fighting the fear of the inevitable passing away of money, health, comfort, relationships, in the world but devotion to the lord when jesus is our whole world we are set free from that for life and free even from care in crisis like persecution because jesus in his new creation will never pass away they can never be taken from us and will give us all that money health relationships and comfort promise but cannot sustain here you go I need a volunteer. Gary, would you be my volunteer? Would you come up here and hold this jug of water for me? Thanks very much. This is what I think it's like. Oh, no. Did someone chuck away my cup? Oh, no, here we go. I've got it. It's all good. That was very close. Um, it's a bit like Gary, without being blasphemous, is God. Okay, and Gary gives me a wonderful gift in his life. Gary, can you give me some life in there? Excellent. Take me down. That's right. 
Now, the problem is, that's plenty, let's get it. The problem is, all the wonderful things in life that I have, like the relationships and the comfort and the money and, I don't know, the career and the glory, the problem is, is it is all passing away. And I think I can enjoy them. They are lovely. They're really brilliant. But actually, suddenly you realise, oh gosh, it's running away. And so now, you're frantically drinking to get as much as you can before it runs away. You're frantically trying to plug the gap, but it's not working. Or you're in grief about what you've missed because it's all disappearing. But it's, it's not a life of the full, is it? And the problem is, Gary, you stand back up there with that big jump. Yeah. The problem is, is I'm missing the giver who gave me the life and he knows that this is all passing away. But what he's got is life and loads of it forever and ever. And so rather being devoted to my cup, which is running away, I want to be devoted to the Lord, who gives me everything I need and will do forever and ever. And instead of worry, I've got Gary. Gary, he's a great joy to be Thank you very much. Devotion to the Lord is so good because this world and everything in it is passing away. And so when we're devoted to him, when we put God first, as Denzel Washington once implored a bunch of university students, actually it's great for us because we know it's never going to pass away. So what? Listen, if you're young here today, what's your focus on for your next 70 years? If you're 20, that's quite optimistic. If you're 15, what's your focus on over the next 70 years? With the various crises and bumpiness that life will bring, with a life that is already slipping away and taking with it all that the world looks to to manufacture happiness and peace and success... I want to commend to you, be devoted to the Lord, which la he lasts forever. His new creation lasts forever. It's the difference between a cup with a hole in it and an ocean of life. Hi, Eddie. Good to have you back. <laughs> and if you're thinking of getting married for the first time or you're a widow, what does it say here? Think of being devoted to the Lord. Marriage is good. The Lord is better. Go into marriage with eyes wide open. Make sure... Uh, verse 39, that you wait for someone who is a Christian, who will encourage you to be devoted to the Lord because it is going to be hard when you're married and you will need to be encouraged to be devoted to the Lord. It's really hard to do it and so wait for that person who will. But think about being devoted just to the Lord and not being married, that's good too. Husbands and wives, what's the, what's the take home for us here? Listen, encourage your spouse to be devoted to you or to the Lord. Encourage your spouse to be devoted to the Lord. I love Alice. She's not here, which is But there is something I, and someone I am more devoted to than Alice, and that is the Lord, Jesus. And there is someone I want Alice, my wife, to love more than me, and that is Jesus. And that's good for both of us because Jesus is a lot less disappointing than I am. Particularly if I am sick 
or I'm ill, or I die, or I'm just sinful with anger or whatever, if she's devoted to the Lord and pleasing him and delighting in him, that's going to get much better, isn't it? All the weight's off me. I'm a lot less disappointing. Listen, if you're not a Christian yet here today, you're not sure about this uh, Jesus, can I say to you, look, there is a new creation coming. Look to Jesus. He is the only route to reach that new creation. He is the only one who's conquered death. He is the only place where we can find a happiness and peace that will endure forever and starts now. There is a planet B. It is the new creation after this. It's perfect. It's wonderful. It's not a golf club in the sky. Praise God. It's a person. A person who lovingly gives us all that is wonderful in this life, like marriage, like relationships, like things to buy. He lovingly gives us all that and then says, come and be devoted to me so that I might give you that even more in heaven. But it's only through trusting in his life, death and resurrection that we can be forgiven our sin and our mess and we can be in that place. So look to Jesus, be devoted to him and learn how being living with him is just marvellous. How long do you think all this creation will provide happiness, peace and freedom from concern? amongst all the mess that's going in our world. Look to Jesus. He's the only route to that new creation that is coming soon. He never fails. I have a a mate called Alex. He is a a single guy. He's in his uh, uh, mid-30s. No, no, actually he's 40 now. We're getting on. And he, he is out in the Middle East where he spends his time secretly trying to tell people about Jesus. He's a handsome, good-looking guy. He is full of muscles. Um, he's quite small, though, which I, I relish. But he, he is in that place, which is, it is terrifying to be a Christian there. He's been called into like, the, um, the sort of administrator's office a couple of times, not knowing whether he's ever going to come out. Um, but he shares the gospel with people. And honestly, I say to him, hey, it must be so hard. It must be so difficult. Thank you for your sacrifice. And he says, don't say that. It's not true, actually, Ed. It's not true. It's not some kind of hardship. In fact, I feel guilty most of the time because most people think that it's hard. But it's not. It's wonderful being devoted to the Lord. It is so awesome. It is so exciting. It is dangerous. I don't think I could do this with kids and family. But it is amazing to see God at work. Like, it's just incredible to be close to the Lord and be devoted to him and to see him do these amazing things. I love it to bits. Like, there's a guy who's devoted to the Lord, who's using his body and his spirit to be devoted for the Lord. And I, my instant assumption is, is that somehow restrictive or that's going to be hard? And his response is, is, no, it's awesome. And I know, he says, that I'm going to spend my time in heaven meeting the people I shared the Bible with that God used uh, to bring into the kingdom. This world is passing away, so live in devotion to the Lord for freedom, for life, for happiness, free from concern, even amongst that kind of crisis. Let's pray that we might see how wonderful Jesus is to be able to do that. Lord God, we thank you that you would give us so much in this world. And Lord, there's so many wonderful things that we have. It's friendships or marriage, uh, Lord, whether it's sex within marriage, Lord, whether it's uh, things we can buy and, and lovely things in this world that we can enjoy, like golf. 
Lord, thank you so much for all these things. We don't deserve any of it because we are a mess and we ignore you all the time. But Lord, keep us from the fear and the worry and the, of these things running out. And Lord, instead, come to you, the giver of all good things, trusting in Jesus, loving to be with you, loving to do whatever it is that pleases you and serves you, knowing, Lord, that with you in heaven, we will have more than our minds and our hearts can ever imagine or absorb. We praise you and we glorify you. Help us live in devotion to you, Lord. Amen. I had a question which was... This is your question for coffee. Um, where do you live as if this world is all there is? Where do you think you live as if this world is all there is? I think, uh, for me, the big one is, often it's been approval. I, you know, I just want other people's approval. You think about it, that's all going to disappear. What about you? Where do you live as if this world is all there is? Have a chat and then talk about how being devoted to the Lord is better. Great. Thanks, everyone.